produce fruit that will remain in our lives, Almighty God. Lord, lift up the bowed down heads this morning, Lord. Heal the broken hearts this morning, Almighty God. Father God, show yourself strong this morning. Manifest yourself to your people, Almighty God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praises for, Lord. The glory and the honor, Almighty God, Lord. For thou are worthy, God. You're worthy to be praised, God. You're worthy to be glorified, God. And God, you're worthy to be honored this morning, Almighty God. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Blow afresh upon your people, Lord. Oh, help us to feel your presence, God. For you said in your presence, God. Oh, there's fullness of joy this morning, God. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength this morning, Almighty God. We thank you we up this morning and we not down, Lord. We are the head and not the tail, Lord. We are the lenders and not the borrowers, God. We thank you that we're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, Lord. We decree and declare miracles in the service this morning, Lord. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor in your son Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many of you come to praise the Lord this morning? We come to praise Him. We come to praise Him. We come to praise Him. Come to praise him. We come to praise him. We come to praise him and live his holy name. We come. We come to praise him. We come to praise him. Oh yes, and live his holy name. We come to praise him.
into the storehouse that they may be meat in my house you know God is always trying to get something to his people not from his people and not for his own purpose but for your purpose and mine that we will prosper praise God because when we in obedience unto the word of God we position ourselves to receive from God you see the word is conditional God said if you do what I said to do then you're in position to receive from me then I'm open up the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing. You won't even have room enough to receive. At this time, I want you to take out your tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you provided the seed for us because you said every good and every perfect gift that comes from above. You said it all belonged to you. The cattle upon a thousand hills belong to you. You said if you were hungry, you wouldn't even tell us because the earth is yours and everything in it belongs to you. Lord God, we ask you, Lord, that you bless the tithe and the offering, Lord, and that you would use them, Lord God, to enhance the kingdom of God, Lord God. Lord God, we speak, Lord God, a hundredfold blessings upon your people, Lord, this day, God, in this life, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, Almighty God. Ushers, come forth at this time.
Amen. Amen. But truly, this is the day that Lord has made, and we make a conscious decision to rejoice and be glad in it. Right now is our time for to say good morning to our neighbor, to just meet and greet someone in love with a smile on our face and let them know we're glad that they came to the house of the Lord this morning. But truly, God is good. He is good. As the choir was singing just a while ago, I noticed the Holy Spirit reminded me that God is sitting high and he's looking low. He is looking low. He's looking down here at us. And let's put it, let's, let's worship him and praise him like it's our last day on earth. But it could very well be in Jesus' name.
for your presence in the house of God. Please turn your Bible to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We want to say, please continue to pray for families that are going through bereavement. We believe that God will comfort and strength. We also want to thank God for those of you that are having anniversaries. Wedding anniversary, we thank God for you. It is a blessing to see another year. Not just for the anniversary, for birthdays. It's always a blessing. And thank you, everyone that helped young ladies yesterday. What a glorious event. Amen. There's a group called Prayer in this church, which is a ministry just to help and encourage and minister to young ladies. grateful for the visionary and those of you that are helping the Kenneth Beard to make things happen. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse number 16 just one verse of the scripture. The Bible said the cup of what? Take note of that. That's what I want to share with you today. Forget all the tradition you have learned. Throw that in the trash. This cup in front of you is a cup of blessing. Some people have been taking it for 40, 80 years. But nobody has taken the time to teach them about the blessing that comes from the communion. The Bible said, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Jesus Christ? The bread that we break, is it not the communion of the body of Jesus Christ. That's like saying, well, the bread, the cup, is about blessing, so why are you still not blessed? That's what verse is asking. So we're going to resolve that today to make sure that when you take the communion, that you begin to see instant blessing. So, let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. Thank you that we have a roadmap. Thank you that we have a blueprint. And thank you, O oh God, for those who have come to learn to study your word. Holy Spirit, I will take nothing from you. You get all the glory this morning. 
explain your word to your people. Use your servant to proclaim what thus says the Lord. I pray that this church and everyone else that will be hearing this message will become more mature and more blessed. Thank you for the institution of this ordinance called communion. Help us, O oh God, to resolve every question and solve all problems in this house this morning. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The passage I just read to you, I'm going to preach on the subject titled, Ten Blessings of the Communion. How many of them? So it is your responsibility to make sure that you grab all ten. So our topic for discussion is titled, Ten Blessings of the Communion. That passage I just read to your hearing was written by Apostle Paul. And because it's called the first book of Corinthians, so you can tell he was writing to the church where? At Corinth. That's the name of the town. And he was writing to them about what subject? Communion. So the Bible is not complicated. So you know who wrote it. You know to whom it's written. And you know what the subject matter is. All right? So if they're talking about communion, I don't want to assume that we all know what that is. So first of all, I want to define what communion is. Ladies and gentlemen, communion is fellowship or exchange with God. So whenever you come here to receive the Holy Communion, forget all what you've been thought. You have showed up this morning to have an exchange with God. Wouldn't it be sad if you go home and you don't have no exchange with God? That is why we need to gain understanding. The Bible says in all of your getting, get understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, communion is a time of fellowship, not with men, but with God. Many of you come, you have fellowship with one another, but you never fellowship with God. This is the problem with religion. Ladies and gentlemen, in this fellowship, or exchange with God, there are four components. How many components? So you look for four things if you're going to hang out with God. Number one, there must be a table. Number two, there must be the body 
what you all call bread. Number three, there must be the cup, what you call the blood. And number four, there must be the presence of God. Some churches have communion, but one or two of those items is missing. So there is no communion. You just went through religion. So there must be four components. Our table, the body, the cup, and the presence of God. Ladies and gentlemen, so it's not religion. It's a fellowship with God. It's a communion with God. It's a time of exchange with God. Notice in your reading this morning, Apostle Paul said, it is a cup of blessing." So you cannot take this and not be blessed. If you're not blessed, either blame your pastor who has failed to teach you, and you've been doing this for 70 years, or blame your own self for failure to learn because you can come to church and not learn anything. If you don't believe me, Talk to Dr. Brown there. We both are professor in our college. Students may show up in the class, but they don't learn a thing. That's on you. My job is to prepare the table, cook the food, bring the bread, bring the cup, and say, come and dine. Presence of the Lord is in this place. But you can choose to say, no, I ain't eating today. In fact, I'm not even coming. That's on you. The professor will still get paid, and the show go on with or without you. We need more pastors, to be honest. We don't need to have religion. We need to have an encounter with God. The truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, there are so much blessings associated with the communion. So my assignment this morning is to make sure that you know all those blessings. And then you take advantage of it. You and your house. Don't just go alone. Drag everybody in your house into the blessing. In my house, that's what I do. When it comes to things of God, it's non-negotiable. Your opinion don't matter. You ask any one of my children, I let them know. No, I don't even want to know what you think. God said it. It is settled. Are you still here? So today I will identify each of those blessings and I expect all of us to begin to walk in the blessing. 
before I do that, let me warn all of you about the danger of, of religion. Because you got religion, I got one. I had to be delivered from it. Because religion can be your biggest hindrance to receiving the blessing of God. What are these things you need to be aware of? Number one, you find it in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Apostle Paul is still writing, and he wrote to the people. He said, when you come to eat, when you come to drink the cup, do not drink it unworthily. All right? That's what the man of God said. Unfortunately, what the devil has done to the church, he got things twisted around. So we preachers begin to tell people, don't partake of the commun communion if you're not right. That is very, very wrong. The communion is not about you. If the truth be told, none of you are right. Even your pastor ain't right. But you see the danger of religion. So the religion wants to discourage many of you from taking it. It wants to block you from the blessing. So religion will say, if you ain't right, don't come near this table. But it's not about you. It's not about your righteousness. All of our righteousness, the Bible call it, filthy rag. So if you go by your righteousness, my righteousness, your worthiness, my worthiness, nobody should take communion. Are you still here? So stop judging people. Stop dictating who can take this, who should not. My people perish for lack of knowledge. The truth be told, you're just as nasty as the people you are judging. You're just as low down and messed up. Oh, I'm going to preach the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, it is about the righteousness of who? Of Jesus Christ. Not about you and me. So, what is the Bible then talking about when it says, don't drink it unworthily? In fact, the Bible says, many people die. Many people go to sleep before their time. So, what is the man of God talking about when he says don't drink it unworthily? To drink unworthily means to not trust that the blood of Jesus Christ is enough for all your problems. And you know what is so sad? Just about everybody in the body of Christ has no understanding of this verse and they drink unworthily every time. And sure enough, many people die before their time. 
To drink unworthy means if you come to this table and you partake of the bread and you partake of the cup, but in your heart you still don't believe that the blood of Jesus has taken care of all your trouble. You are eating and drinking unworthily. Tell your neighbor, I got it. It's not your righteousness that makes you right. It is the blood of Jesus that makes you and I right. Right in this church, I've seen people tell me, Pastor, can I take the communion? I said, what do you mean? Well, somebody told me because I'm divorced, I should not take the communion. You see how the devil twists the word of God. His goal is to block you from the blessing. Religion said, well, when it comes to the communion, don't bring the kids. You see how he's trying to eliminate you, push you out of the blessing. He said, oh, you're too young. That's like somebody telling you you're too young to be blessed. And then you wonder why children grow up shooting each other on the street. Religion will say, here's another elimination. Where you cannot take communion unless you remember. You see all the trick of the devil. And church folks fall for it. There's not a single scripture that eliminates anybody from being blessed. I'm saying to you, in all you're getting, get understanding. Amen, somebody. Now let's talk about those ten blessings. I just went after religion first. I hate religion. In my house, I have zero tolerance for religion. Because it set me back for years. So it's good to be free. So now let's talk about the blessings one by one that you are expected to partake every time that you receive the communion. Number one, you will remember in Exodus 12, chapter 12, go read it again. The story was told about the freedom of the Israelites from Egypt. Am I right about it? And the first thing that happened, God told them to get a lamb, kill the lamb, have a dinner, set the table. He said, use the blood on your doorpost. Am I still in the book? And then if you follow that story, their obedience, what they were doing that day is called Passover. 
the Passover meal is what we call communion. What they did birthed a miracle. What is the miracle, brother pastor? The Bible says after they finished eating and they head on for freedom and they travel for 40 years, guess what the miracle is? Not one of them got sick. When you take this communion, the first blessing that you are to receive is your healing. Many of you, you spend a career, you make a career out of going to the doctors, out of going to the hospital. Every time I pour in, pastor, here's the list. I say, what is wrong with you? The moment they eat, the Bible said not one of them was feeble. Two million people. Not a single one. So the number one blessing in the communion is what? Say it again. Say it again. Don't just take the bread. Don't just drink coolie or whatever it is. Receive your blessing. You, you grab that bread, you know exactly what your diagnosis is. You know exactly what they've been planting in your head. Somebody called me the other day and said, I got coffee. Pastor, I cannot come to church. And he said, they told me I got coffee. I said, good, I heard what they said. What do you say? Do you have coffee? <laughs> and the conversation got quiet. I knew, I knew, he's my son. I know that he knows better. I, he's been here 20 years I've been teaching, pouring out my life. I to make sure you know the word of God. Who are these people? Where were they when God created you? As a man think it. Oh, I thank God for that, <laughs> for that brother. They say, I'll see you Sunday morning. And we came together, we worship God. Don't allow the world I'm trying to help you. Don't allow the world to plant in your head that you got only one more year to die. If you believe it, you will die. And we will have a good home going for you. We'll sing. I'll preach my heart out to send you to wherever you're going. But the Bible says, why will you die before your time? Getting mighty quiet here. So what's the first blessing? I receive. Now, another thing that happened when they took that communion, every family, God told them at midnight, 
the angel of death will pass by. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. In other words, the angel of death cannot cross the bloodline. Jesus. I got some good news for somebody. If you're tired of religion and you really want to move up in your understanding, the truth be told, if, if the angel of death cannot cross the bloodline, the devil cannot cross the bloodline. Ladies and gentlemen, so whatever is going on in your life, learn to plead the blood. Learn to cover yourself with the blood. Cover your home with the blood. Cover your children with the blood. Cover your job with the blood. I don't care what the devil is trying to take from you. If the angel of death could not cross that bloodline. <laughs> Even the devil cannot cross the bloodline. I came about 27 years ago, you know, to this neighborhood. And you know one thing? I grabbed a few things that, that helped me to stand because I had so much opposition back then, you know. But it's natural. There's nothing wrong. That's part of it. If our problem is an opportunity, if I never have problem, I will never know I serve a God that can solve them. But there are some things in this church that God used to pick me up. A little girl, one of those erring girls, will sing and say, what God has for me, it is for me. I Bite on it like a hungry dog. I knew no devil could stop what God sent me here to do. One of those songs that picked me up, Miss Sally, one of the ladies in the choir here, will sing the song, The battle is the Lord. It's not yours. I bite on it as a hungry Oh. And whenever something comes up, I say, Lord, this is your battle. Are you all still here? This thing works, but you got to apply one of the things that helped me. You see, uh, this man of God, Pastor Jovian, he will sing. I don't know if he does or not. He will sing. He don't know he's ministering to me. He will say, I'm going to stay under the blood. Then he will conclude his singing. And no devil can do me no harm. That's, you, you heard the same song. You heard the same song. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Don't just sing. Don't just have church. Apply the word of God to your situation. You will win every time. Those people of Israel, they didn't just take the communion. 
they stayed under the blood. And because they stayed under the blood, even when death angel passed by, not a single person was harmed. So what is blessing number two? It's called the bloodline. What is blessing number one? It's called your healing. I cannot tell you you won't get sick. But when sickness raises ugly head and trying to give sinuses to your children and trying to give you cold and headache and everybody's walking around but you limping. I've got some good news. The communion, the communion, the communion, take it. Number three, another blessing you find when you read the book of Psalms 23. You see them having communion again because everything you see, the components in the word of God is the communion. Psalms 23 verse 5 says, He prepared the table. The table is the same table in the wilderness, is the same table that David is talking about, is the same table that you're about to partake this morning. But he said he prepared that table. I can stop there and preach. If he prepared the table, that means he didn't use no cataract. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. I'm sorry. I couldn't miss it. Do you know what it means for God himself to prepare the supper? <laughs> Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, blessing number three is the very presence of God. If God is for you, Just think about it. Who are these riffraffs that you are scared of? Sometimes I just want to grab some church food and shake them and rock them. Don't you read your Bible? I don't show up every week just to entertain you. In all you're getting, get understanding. How can you fall down when the food you just ate was prepared by God himself? He, not the angels, he, he prepared a table before you in the present, oh my goodness, I feel like you better call the police. Right in the face of your enemy. Thank you. Somebody shout presence. You see, if you remember, 
the New Testament when Jesus was having communion with his disciples. Guess who was at the table? Judas. That's the enemy. And he's telling you he will prepare a table before you in the face of all your player haters. You know they don't mean any good for you. But right in their face. I got to warn you now, I wish I had time to go through this. Because sometimes your enemy is not a human being. It's not like Judas. Your enemy may be kidney stone. Your enemy may be diabetes. Your enemy may be whatever. Cancer. Red, they told me. I said, who are these people telling you? Well, they told me I got breast cancer. Then I want to find out, who told you? Then sometimes I will ask this people. I say, okay, thank you for telling me what they told me. Now, can you help me? What did God tell you? Some of them will say, well, I never heard from God. Ah, I say, I see the problem now. I see the problem now. And some of them, believe it or not, they will tell me what God said. They will even quote scripture. They will say, by his right, God said, I am healed. I say, wow, what a blessing. You've been to church. Then I go, I say, let's go another step further. Now, you heard what they told you. And now, you know what God told you. Whose report? You're going to believe. I said, you don't need a preacher for this one. You have a choice. And choice produces consequence. Whose report? trying to help somebody. He prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy. You know what I'm trying to tell you? I don't have enough time to go through all that scripture in Psalms 23 because it was a communion. Now David is saying when you take communion it activates your healing. When you take communion, it activates your restoration. See, I didn't write this thing. He said, he restored it. He restored my soul. Where you are down, he picked you up. David, he said, when you take the communion, it Activate your prosperity. Your cup is a my cup. When you take the communion, he said it activates goodness. It activates mercy. He said, my cup. 
trying to share with you the blessings. You don't need no more religion. You need understanding. So the revelation is when you take communion, expect your body to be healed. When you take communion, recognize you are now under the blood. You mix God's blood with your blood. When God's blood have a, an encounter with your blood, whatever toxic whatever impurity in your blood, in my blood, when the blood of Jesus hits the blood of man, it's a cleansing. What can wash away my sin? What is it that can make me whole again? Oh, precious. Is the flow. It cleans me out. It makes me whiter than snow. No other faults I know. Nothing but the blood. Let me call your attention to more blessings when you take communion. Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul said, a brother has some revelation. He said, I have received from the Lord. What did he receive? Listen carefully. He said, the same night that Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread. Break it. That's right, Reverend. Gave it to all of them. And he told them, this is my body. In the same manner, he took the cup. He gave thanks. He said, this cup represents a new covenant. Well, Reverend, where are you going with all of this? You know one thing that was so amazed about Jesus? He didn't just serve them. He himself too. He himself partake of the communion. It's a revelation there because he knew that day is going to be betrayed. He knew that day is going to be arrested. He knew that day is going to be abused. Now, to get through all what he's going to face, he took the communion. I don't know what you're facing right now. But if you want to get through, come in, Jesus. Come in. Come in. Sometimes you will face some things in life. The ladies and gentlemen, you don't even, you don't have the luxury of waiting for the Sunday your church going to take communion. Here you are, the devil. The devil is, is a smart devil, you know. But God is smarter. 
The devil knows your church because of your religion. You only take communion on the fourth Sunday. So he will make sure he start his attack the second Sunday. <laughs> so sometimes you may have to take communion in your own house. And some of you are so full of religion, you will tell me, Pastor, I can just listen to church for I knew what was coming. I say, here comes another religion. Will you mind if I go to the church? I say, I don't mind. You should sleep there. You need it. <laughs> well, I just want to go and have some communion break. I know exactly. You don't have to come. I know exactly where they hide it. Then I would say, sister, do you have some bread in your house? <laughs> what do you mean, pastor? I say, well, maybe, maybe English is my second language. Let me try again. Do you have some loaves of bread in your house? Do you have some crackers in your house? Well, she's been programmed. To think the one in the church is more holy. <laughs> the righteousness is not in the cracker. <laughs> understanding is important. And all you're getting, get understanding. And every time I get, I get in the flesh with them, you know. Because sometimes you have to come down to people's level to connect with them. I would say, well, you are welcome to have the communion thing, but it's for sale. We don't give. Oh, pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, good. Use the bread in your house. <laughs> you will be surprised what I deal with with church people. Hey, choir, you all look good there. Praise the Lord. Some of them will call me, Pastor, I want to have a meeting with you. I say, okay. Sounds like a good idea. I say, what are we meeting about? Well, I just want to know what your church believes. I want, your I want to know uh, where you stand on social justice. I want to know this. I want to know what your church over. And you know, the Lord is still working on me. I hang up the phone. Click! <laughs> I, I have zero tolerance for religion. Sometimes I want to talk to them, but the, the Holy Spirit won't let me. Because I want to ask, what do you have to offer? You want to come to church? I'll tell you what we do. I preach Jesus. This Sunday, I preach Jesus. Next Sunday, I preach Jesus. I know you only come on Christmas when you come. (laughs) 
Don't allow religion. Life is too precious. Are you all still here? What is the message? When you take the communion and you're going through some challenges, the power of God is in folk in that communion. And the power will help you to get through whatever you're facing. Jesus partake of the communion for him to go through what he's about to face. The same night. How are you going to go through betrayal by your best of friends? How are you going to go through betrayal when the person in your own house, under your own roof, feeding on your food and is stabbing you at the back? You need the power of his resurrection to go through. Ladies and gentlemen, take communion by faith and it will power you. See, a few days ago I was watching some rockets, some space rockets, the big old thing standing there. One more. But when they did the countdown, there is a power. It's a booster. <laughs> Try to help somebody. The communion will boost you. There's a power that is beyond your natural ability. Have you ever found yourself, you, you're fighting hard, but the attack of the enemy is too many. You need a booster. Jesus himself, he didn't say, oh, this is my blood, this is my, my body, you all take it. No. He said, I need something. I'm about to be betrayed. One of you who is at the table is a sellout. I need the power of God to deal with it. Oh, let me share a few more things. Listen, the word of God is full of revelations. Open your Bible to the book of Genesis. Chapter 14, verse 18. There the Bible talks about Melchizedek. And then the Bible tells you who he is or who he was. The Bible called him the king of Salem. Ladies and gentlemen, that word Salem is where you get Jerusalem. Try to help somebody. That word Salem means peace. Shalom. So the Bible says here comes a man. His name is Melchizedek. He is the king of peace. When he showed up to Abraham, guess what he did? He set the table. He brought the wine. And he brought the bread. And he and Abraham had communion. 
One of the blessings that come with communion is the peace of mind. The king of peace showed up, prepared the table, bring the bread, brought the wine, and he himself grace you with his presence. And his name is Metishadeh. His position is the king of peace. You'll be amazed how many Christians on their way to heaven, but they have no peace. No peace in their life. They cannot even sleep at night. You'll be amazed how many people who's going to be hearing this message on TV or radio, they have no peace in their home. They are married. They've got papers. They have ring on their finger. But there is no peace at home. One of the benefits of the communion is shalom. The peace of God. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding. There is a type of peace that God will give you even in the midst of storm. Your job is on the line. The company tell you we're going to do layoff. But yet in the midst of all that God gives you peace. Maybe I'm preaching to my own servant. You cannot even explain that peace. You don't know why everybody is freaking out. But deep in your heart, you know in your knowing, it is well. I got to stop. If you want to hear the rest of this, you have to come back. Check out another reality. As soon as Melchizedek finished taking the communion with Abraham. Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. That same Melchizedek says something to Abraham that you need to know. They just took the communion. You know what he told homeboy? The Bible says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. What did he tell them? After this thing, after what thing? After taking the communion. Both of them just sat down, they took the communion. After this thing, then God said to him, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. Before I get into fear now, you know what that means? The Bible even said in some version, Instantly, Abraham received a vision. You know the number one problem in the world today? People have no vision for their life. No direction. Half of students in college, they had no clue what to do with their life. 
when you take the communion, bam! The vision came clear. There are people that have vision, but their vision is blurry. One of the things that you deacons have to deal with in this church is that you're blessed with a pastor who have a clear picture of where he's going. It's a dangerous thing to be married to a husband that has no vision. <laughs> Try to help somebody. It's a dangerous thing to be sitting in a church where the leader has no clue where he's going with the church. That's a blind leading the blind. <laughs> Read that scripture again. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After this thing, what thing? The communion. They just finished eating. Instantly, the word of God, the vision of God came to Abraham. Do you need a vision for your life? Some of you have been changing career because you don't know where you're going. Communion. You know, I'm rushing now. In that same verse, another revelation, God said to Abraham, fear not. When you take the communion, one of the blessings of communion is that the spirit of fear. Everybody is tripping. Now you know, you know, the, you know the latest fear now that the devil is putting in America, they say the dollar is about to be worthless because these other countries, they're getting together. They say, no, we don't. In case you don't know, economics 101. See, if you live in Nigeria and you want to buy something from Ghana, next door country, Ghana has currency, Nigeria has currency, but guess what currency you have to trade in? American dollar. That means America is sitting here. They, they don't even know. They don't grow the cocoa. They don't have the oil, but they're making money off of you. Economics. No business is carried out anywhere in the world unless you trade in American dollar. You want to know why your country is rich? I'm trying to help you. Now the world, they're getting smart. So they say, wait a minute. Why do I have to sell to you? You got currency, I got currency. Why are we using his currency? So they say, you see, this is business now. <laughs> so they say, okay, let's form our own block. So now Russia gets with China. Then they, they covered bunch of countries in Africa and third world, they say, you'll come with us. They want to weaken the dollar. What you gonna do? When the whole world is in crisis. Thank God for the blood. God will give you a vision and God said when you take the communion, one blessing that come, you don't have to fear a thing. 
I tell my family all the time, it don't matter who's in government. It don't matter whether the Democrats are ruling. It don't matter whether the Republicans are ruling. I said, this house is going to stay blessed. I said, listen to daddy. Daddy knows something. One of the benefits of communion. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. I don't care what you're facing right now. I should take this communion today. Cast all your cares upon him. You got to know your knowing. God's got your back. Job is on the line. God's got my back. It looks like we're running out of money. God's got my back. It looks like some of the kids won't act right. God's got my back. It looks like there's another episode of COVID flowing around. God's got my back. Fear not. You know something as he said? Right after that communion, he didn't just say fear not. Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. He said, I am. God is talking about himself. I am your what? I am your shield. Hold it. What is a shield? Who said that? Protection. See, I don't want to be having children. I want people to learn. God said, when you take the communion, I become your shield. God becomes your protection. And when God's got your back, who? Sometimes I have to try to hold it so I don't say the wrong English. Who can mess with you on your job? What devil can mess with your children? God said, I am your shield. Open your mind and say, I receive. receive. God is is my shield. Say it like you mean it. Let it soak in in your spirit. Because when you see some of us acting as if we are full of ourselves, there is a reason. God is my shield. He woke me up this morning. If you see me on the highway, I'm not by myself. God is my protection. He watches over me. My heavenly father, he watches over my children. He watches over my church. He watches over my finance. He watches over my health. A thousand may fall. Ten thousand by my life. But as for you, Your shield. Jesus. You know what he told me again after the communion? Sir, he said, Not only am I your shield, not only do you don't have to fear, he said, I am your exceeding great reward. You know what that means? Favor. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But I expect favor of God upon your life. Favor of God upon your house. Favor of God upon your children. Favor of God. Favor of Somebody shall favor.
Everybody stop. Everybody stand. What is the message? When you take the communion, just like Melchizedek took the communion with Abraham, he brought the bread, brought the wine, set the table, graced Abraham with his presence. Said instantly, vision comes. Then he said, now you take the communion, you don't have to fear no more. I don't know what you're facing, what you're dealing with, but no more fear. Then he said, I am your shield. I got your back. You don't have to worry about protection no more. He said, in addition to that, because of what you've just experienced in this holy communion, he said, I am your exceeding great reward. I wish I have time to tell you. The next thing that happened, right after the communion, three people showed up in Abraham's house. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said they talk about what Abraham need. And Miss Sarah, I wish I have time to teach about women. Miss Sarah began to laugh. It's not funny when you laugh at God. Thank you, Jesus. And God says something profound that's applicable to your life. It's another blessing that comes from the communion. Right after the communion, Sarah began to laugh because she's been barren for too long. Some of you, you've been lacking for too long. You get used to your lack. You rearrange the furniture in your life home. You get accustomed to the problem. But God said, if you get a chance, read it. He said, is there anything too hard for God? And I stop by to conclude and tell somebody today there is absolutely nothing too hard for God. So just thank him right now. Say, Lord, I thank him. Thank him for saving you. Thank him for loving you. Thank him for making a way. Thank him for provision. Thank him for your children. Thank him for your job. Thank you for your gratitude. Thank you for your help. Say, Lord, I thank you. If the Lord has made a way for you, thank you. I want us to pray before we take the communion today. I want us to be doing this out of understanding. Let's throw away religion. You know, the only thing they ever told me as a Baptist boy, we are doing this in remembrance. I'm 64 years old, and that's the only revelation they ever told me. He said we should do this in remembrance of you. And then you see people dying 
failures after failure, we neglect the blessings that come out of the glory. I want to pray that you and I will not just be hearers alone, that we'll become doers of our work. Lift up your hands. Father, I thank you. Thank you that your word is yea and amen. You made it very clear in all of our getting. Get understanding. Today's communion is very special. We're not going to take it out of religious experience. We're not going to take this out of Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Pentecostal tradition. Thank you for understanding of your word. Thank you, oh God, for new vision. Some people have vision, but the vision is blurry. Lord, I thank you for clarity of vision in this house. Lord, we thank you for our protection. Just to know you are our shepherd, we don't have to fear. We take our rightful place, oh God. Somebody today is dealing with impossibilities. And Lord, you said in your word, there is nothing too hard for God. I lift up that man, that woman, that brother, that sister, even me, Lord. Lord, I pray that you make every crooked path straight. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that every impossibility becomes possible. One of the benefits of the communion. Things that are impossible becomes possible because of your blood. Lord, I thank you that your blood will cure every impurities in our body. Remove every toxin. Set us free today. Have your way in our life. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Say it again. Say it again. It is so. Jesus name. Will you please prepare your heart to receive the Holy Communion? You may be seated. Our deacons, thank God in our deaconesses, thank you for preparing the table. We are so grateful. Hallelujah. The blood will never lose its power. Pastor Smith is leading us.
pray and we thank God for this opportunity to participate at his table. I ask now, have everyone been served? And if you have not been served, can you please let us see your hands so that we may serve you? Amen. Everyone have been served. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, it says, the same night the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to his disciples, telling them, this is my body. Eat, do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup, and when he had sipped, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Take do this in remembrance in me. In Jesus' name we pray and ask and say amen. Let everyone eat and drink. This concludes our Sunday morning communion service. We'll now do the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, giving you his peace. Have a blessed day and week in Jesus' name. The pastor and his wife will be standing up. Anyone would like to come down and shake their hand. Give the pastor your hand and give the Lord your heart. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you and we love you.